But that invitation is just like the invitation of God. Because it's open to everybody, but only a few of you will take it. And that's the way it is with the Word. So this morning, at part three of our imputed righteousness, I tried to get a different uh, title, but it doesn't matter because what we're trying to do is we're trying to see the vision that God wants us to see. Why are you here this morning? Why did you come here this morning? Did you come here to praise God? Or did you come here out of guilt? Or did you come because you thought you had to out of obligation? Or did you come here out of free will because you wanted to? Because you wanted to worship. Be with your brothers and sisters in Christ. Hear the word of God. Take of Lord's Supper. Because you see, God calls us to come together that we might encourage one another in the most holy thing. And this world is against you every day and me when we're out here. And we need to understand the blessedness that we have in Christ. Because until we partake of that opportunity and see the blessedness that we have in God in Christ and understand the real salvation that's been secured for us and have that assurance in our mind and in our heart every day as we live, our faith will always be shallow. And folks, we know it's faith that overcomes this world. So I ask you this morning, what drives your life? What drives your life? Because you see, this world has a lot of drivers out there in this life. Because the things in this world can be driving you, like money, or ego, fame, or any other little thing that the world offers, or is your faith driving you, your life? You see, God wants us to get to a point where faith is driving our life. Every decision I make is based on faith in Christ that's been educated by his word. Not of my thinking, not of my think-sos, but of my educated mind, the spiritual mind, the one that God wants to put in my mind. But I don't get it in and of myself. Because we all know that if we lead our own selves, what will happen? We'll just destroy ourselves. Because it's not within man, and the Bible tells us that, that it's not within man to direct his own steps. And so we need that direction from God. And I'll tell you one thing. You decided to be here this morning because you consider yourself different than the world. No matter your... Maturity or immaturity in faith, it doesn't matter. You decided that you were different than the world and you were going to come here this morning to be with your brothers and sisters, to learn and to praise God. And that right there is a step in the right direction, isn't it, folks? Every day, because that's what we do. We live according to our beliefs. We live according to our faith. The world lives according to its faith. And as we come into God and come into Christ, we learn to live according to that faith as we get educated. So let's take a look at some of the scriptures that we're going to see. We've already been looking at the word imputed, that it's something counted as already being done, caused or pressed by someone. So we have righteousness imputed. And I need that righteousness imputed to me 
because I don't have a righteousness of my own. Christ is the righteousness before God. But I have a duty of discipleship, right? To follow in my Lord's footsteps because he's molding me. Because you see, out in the world, we become a creature of our own making with the environment that we're around and whatnot. But in Christ, God's working with us in our mind as we allow him to talk with us through his word as we study and read daily that he might align our minds, align our hearts, and align our lives with his word. Because he's already done it. So what happens is our faith. It's our faith that comes up before God. So let's read the scripture. Romans 4.8, it says, Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not reckon sin. Now, folks, I want to be that guy. I want to be that guy. Because I know for a fact that I have sin in my life. Not that I want to have sin in my life, but listen, as much as I try, you know as well as I do. I'm not going to be perform perfect. There ain't no way. There's just no way. But I want to. My intention is. And I want to have a pure heart. And so my faith wants to grow, but that growing comes from God's word. But see, all the time, he's not reckoning my sin towards me because my intent is to walk on that highway of righteousness. See, I, my intent is not to sin. When I, when I learn of sin, the Christian, <coughs> we struggle with it, don't we? Because sin gets its tentacles in us. Whether it be an attitude, <coughs> something that we do, something that we believe, something that we portray, and the world has its way with us. And God's trying to have his way with us. But it's voluntary. We have to volunteer for it. And we have to desire it. It has to be within us. So I ask you again, how much do you value your own soul? Because you see, as much as you value your soul, as much as you will seek God, or not. Because you see, God holds the germ within his hand of your life. He created you. He sustains you, and he'll take your last breath when it's that time. You'll breathe that one last time. And in all of that, God has provided for us a way to live in hope and in salvation and in assurance of knowing that we have salvation each and every day. So that when we get tempted out here, when we get tried out here, when the tentacles of sin and life come out here to us, we got to feel the shield of faith. Because we have an educated faith that comes from his word. And all that time, he's working with us. Because what happens when we start reading his word? He strengthens us. We start to put the little pieces of the puzzle together. And our faith grows. And as our faith grows in his word and his son, our disdain for the world also grows, doesn't it? Because you can't be a friend of the world and a friend of God. He says that if you're a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. Because he puts down those things that the world puts up high. Look what it says. Verse 3 and 4 says, For what saith the scripture? And Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned unto him for righteousness. 
I want to be that guy. Look down verse 20 in that same chapter. Shows us that Abraham didn't waver. We talked about this before. Yet looking under the promise of God, he wavered not through unbelief, but waxed strong. So you see, he didn't waver, but he waxed strong. God wants us to understand that life's a journey. You're either going to get weaker or stronger. Now we're not talking about the physical body. Because our physical body is going to waste away. We're talking about the spiritual man of Christ. The spiritual man, the one that resides, that wants to please God, that wants to live in this imputed righteous state. I have to choose that. I have to choose God. And let Him be the, let Christ be the light of my life. So that when I do fall, when I do fail, when I have my human problems, I still have this imputed righteousness. So my intent is not to walk away from God. But you think I do it perfect? Yeah, you can judge me for a second. Okay? All right, now stop judging me. Think about yourself again. We can't do it perfectly, but we can do it righteously. Righteously. Because we can do it through Christ. Because he's the author and finish of our faith. When we look to ourselves for our goodness, we're going to fail. Because then we're looking at it as merit. But when we do it by faith, looking unto Christ, guess what? He changed our mind and our heart about it. And pretty soon that sin is so foreign, we don't even want to be... We can't even believe we did it at one time. And you amaze yourself. You look back and you go, no, that wasn't, that wasn't this guy. No, it wasn't. It was somebody else because that person started believing on God, Christ. And he molded us. And in the future... I don't want to be the guy that I am today. I want to be deeper in that, in his, in the faith of Christ as I walk through my life. Look, verse 21, and being fully assured that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. We've got to have that fully assurance of faith. Now, folks, God's not going to come down and shock you with bolt of lightning to be fully assured. You're going to have to want that assurance. And you're going to have to read a little bit so that you can see. Because God's word's profound. You're not going to see it one time read over. You may not even see it the second time read over. It's a lifetime thing with scripture. You're going to pull off, the just like an onion, all those skin and layers to get down deep into it. But it doesn't start off that way. It's a little at a time. And all the time, doesn't matter where you're starting at. Doesn't matter how new you are into Christ. All the time, you have imputed righteousness. See, the world wants to convince you that God's against you. Well, if he was against you, why would he have given his son? And had him shed his blood for your sin. God's not against us. God's for us. We just don't see it that way. Turn over with me to the Psalms 106. 106 Psalm. We already talked about some of this stuff, but I'd like to read the first 15 verses because realistically, if you could read both the chapters of Romans 4 and Psalms 106, you'd do yourself a favor. But we don't have time to cover all of the text right here. But we need to see what he is saying to us. 
In Psalms 106, he says, Praise ye Jehovah. Oh, give thanks unto Jehovah, for he is good. For his loving kindness endureth forever. Now, that's, that's something that we got to see. Loving kindness. If we don't see the loving kindness of God, we're never going to believe that we're living in imputed righteousness. Now, what's the, what's the world want you to see? They don't want to see you loving kindness. They want you to vision God as some old guy out there waiting for you to make a mistake. That's not the God that we serve. The God that we serve created me, created you. He knows I got these old spots on my head, you know. He knows about me. He knows my character. But he also knows what this influence can do to my heart. You see. And look what he says there. <clears throat> For his loving kindness endureth forever. If we never see the loving kindness of God, we're never going to be able to serve the living God. If we can't see his promises as true and trustworthy and assurance, we're never going to be able to serve the living God. Because the world's going to preach us 24-7 against it. You see. Who can utter the mighty acts of God or Jehovah or show forth all his praise? See, we can't even praise him enough. We can't even praise him enough. Because we don't even understand what he's done 100%. We don't understand this because we haven't looked at he loves us so much that when we come into his son, he knows that I'm imperfect. I want to ask you people that's been baptized. All of you have been baptized. I want you to ask you one question. Did you ever commit a sin after you were baptized? I mean, I did. I'm just going to tell you. And I think mine was probably the same day or the day after, unfortunately. Here's why I say that. It's not a clean slate to where you see, well, he got a clean slate, day baptized, so, well, now we're going to start counting up those sins. No. That, that wasn't the way. You're guilt before God. And you live under the righteousness of Christ. You got sin? Yes, but it's not reckoned unto you, neither was Abraham's, and he is a liar. See? Now, I'm not saying go out there and get into sin, because we know in Romans he says, we don't sin, that grace may get more. That's not how God's working with us. No, he wants us to live righteously. He wants us to struggle with sin. But in our struggle, it won't be perfect, never will be. And we couldn't please him anyhow because only faith and God, Christ's own righteous and his blood pleases him. We're found in Christ. We're found in Christ. Blessed are they that keep justice and he that doeth righteousness at all times. So you can see how God wants us to be, you see. Remember me, O Jehovah, with the favor that thou bearest unto thy people. O visit me with thy salvation. We've got to see that. We've got to understand that we have that salvation. That imputed righteousness. Because I want to get up every morning with that song of salvation in my heart realizing that I'm a mess. 
got it. God's not a mess. And I count on him. I can read his word, and if I submit to him, I can count on him. I can't count on myself. I'm a mess. I talked to a guy the other day. He don't trust himself. I'm trying to figure that one out. Working with him. He says he doesn't trust himself. Maybe, maybe try it. But I trust Christ. Because my, my own thinking can lead me astray, but his word won't. And that's why we need his word in our mind. So that we can discern what is righteous from what is not righteous. So that we can practice that righteousness. So that we can walk in righteousness. So that we can have the faith that he wants us to have. So that no matter where we're at in life, even if we're failed. What if you commit a sin and you die? Is that it? God's going to cut you off. You've been living a Christian life. You made a mistake. You got tempted. You did it. It caused you death. Well, I'm not your judge. Christ is. But I'm going to tell you something. You've been walking in the light. She's in the light. You've got to get it right. Because every time you sin, you're dead anyhow. Right? In the world. But we live under Christ. He doesn't cut them off. Any of these children that do wrong. One little boy reminds me of me. I used to run around the church screaming and do that stuff when I was a kid. And, and any of us that did wrong, did, did mom, dad throw us out? I did all kinds of terrible things. I got a few whippings. Dad never kicked me out of the house. Because he loved me. He wanted me to change my ways. See? That's what God's doing. Not kicking us out of the house. He wants us to change our ways. He's working with us. He wants our spirit. But our spirit, if it's given to him, guess what? Our heart will be. Our mind will be. Our activities will show that. And we'll worship him every day. At 24-7. Oh, yes, we come together and worship on Sunday mornings. We're going to have class this evening, class on Wednesday nights, because we want to learn more. But before God, we have this imputed righteousness when we're walking in the light. As he is in the light. And we've got to get over this thing that the world's trying to sell us on as Christians that we're imperfect before God. Because God sees us through the prism of Christ. You ever see a prism? How light comes in one way and then it goes out another way? God sees us through Christ, the blood of Christ. He knows me. He knows that there's no good inside me, but he also knows that I'm walking towards his son. And I'm listening. And I want to comply. And I want to obey. And I want to get closer. And I want to read his word. And I want to have that joy of salvation. Because otherwise, what's going to keep you? If you can't see the salvation that Christ has purchased for you, if you can't see that you have that imputed righteousness as you're struggling to, to live that Christian life, what's going to keep you? It's the blood of Christ. He wants you. God invited you here. When I finally figured out that God loves us and invited me, I quit looking at myself in the mirror and seeing myself as that ugly person. Because he's not worried about the person in the mirror. Worried about the person in the heart. 
He's worried about the person in the heart. Oh, visit me with salvation that I may see the prosperity of thy chosen, that I may rejoice in the gladness of thy nation, that I may glory with thine inheritance. We've got to see that we have an inheritance, folks. We have sinned with our fathers. You see, we've admitted that. There's no one here that won't say that. I'll admit that. We all admit that. That's why we're here. We have committed iniquity. We have done wickedly. Our fathers understood not thy wonders in Egypt. They remembered not the multitude of thy loving kindness, but were rebellious at the sea, even at the Red Sea. So they seen the things of God, and they were still rebellious. Well, folks, I don't want to make this about me, but I used to be a rebellious person. And I can understand where he's coming from. He doesn't want that. He wants us to put that out of the way. But they didn't. His own people, they rebelled against him right after. Nevertheless, he saved them for his name's sake. Look at verse 8. So these people have sinned against God. They've done against God. And look what he does in verse 8. Nevertheless, he saved them for his name's sake. So why is he saving me? Why do I have imputed righteousness for his name's sake? I'm trying not to even do what these people did. I'm sure I have. I'm sure I have. I would not say that I'm any better than these folks. But I want you to see, they went away from him. They rebelled against him. And he saved them for his own name's sake. Imputed righteousness. He didn't have to do that. He done it for his own sake because he, he had a purpose in the whole thing. That he might make his mighty power to be known. When he saves me, or you, he'll be able to brag. Not me. I can't brag. I never do a thing. But he'll be able to brag. My son's blood covered that guy's sin. And he struggled. And he resisted the world. And he believed in my son. Oh, no, he wasn't perfect. The devil can accuse him. Talk about me, if you will. But God won't accuse me because I'm exonerated. I walk with imputed righteousness. Don't you? Don't you want that? That's what I want to walk with. I want to be the one that God already counts me as righteous even though I'm not. But I'm struggling. I'm trying. And I want to be pleasing. Right? Because that's what he wants from us. Nevertheless, verse 8, he saved them for his name's sake that he might make his mighty power to be known. He rebuked the Red Sea and also it was dried up, so he led them through the depths as through the wilderness, as on dry land. And he saved them from the hand of him that hated them and redeemed them from the hand of the enemy. And that's what he's doing with us. He's redeeming us. He's buying us back from the hand of the enemy. All right? And the waters covered their adversaries and there was not a one of them left. How many of your sins will he not cover and kill if you lie? There won't be one of them left. You don't want one of them. They're adversaries. Sin's an adversary. These, the Egyptians were an adversary to those Jews. He killed every one of them. Then, verse 12, then they believed his words. They sang his praise. Oh, man, that's awesome. Until you read verse 13. They soon forgot his works. 
They waited not for his counsel. Oh, man. They seen the works of God. They seen what he did. They rejoiced in it. And they soon forgot. Isn't that the way we are? <coughs> we soon forget the washing away of sin and the relief that it felt like. The fact of our faith that's following Christ, we can soon forget. That's why we come together. That's why we have Bible class. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. I'm not ashamed to say it. We come here so we can learn and be built up with most holy faith. Because I want to go out this week and I want to know that I'm walking with the Lord. Doesn't mean I'm walking perfect. That ain't going to happen. I'm going to try. I'm going to work on it. But in reality, what happens? You stub your finger. You, you say something you probably shouldn't say. Whatever. You can't help it. You're human. But you're going to work on it. That's what we're all doing. We're a work in progress. They soon forgot the works. They waited not for his counsel. Folks, we've got to see that God's got a counseling for us. God's got a counseling for me. It's not over there at some counselor of this world. It's in his words. Because his word is so profound, what happens? We've got to read it, and rethink it, and meditate on it. Because it's spiritual in nature, and it's profound. It ain't like, well, uh, two plus two is four. No. It's a building block of many pieces, but the basic pieces are easy to understand. It's you branch out, learn later. The basics: believe, hear, believe, and obey. Come into Christ through baptism, but then raise up to walk in that newness of life. That newness of life is looking. Christ for everything we do. And that's why we walk in that imputed righteousness. Let's finish reading out these last couple verses. Because you see, in verse 13, it says, They soon forgot his works, they waited not for his counsel, but lusted exceedingly in the wilderness. What did they lust for? The things of the world. And tempted God in the desert. And he gave them their request but sent a wasting disease among them. So they lusted for the stuff, and he gave it to them, but he sent a wasting disease. Why? Because they wanted the wrong thing. And he went ahead and allowed them to have it. And sometimes we're so headstrong on the world out there that he'll let us have it, but we also get the consequences along with it. Until our hard head finally turns around and says, hey, you know what, I want the things that God gives me. I want to quit putting my head up against the wall. You've done it too, huh? I'm not the only one. And we just, you've just got to learn against that, see. But I want to be compliant with God. Turn with me to James 2. We just got a couple more verses. I'd like to finish this out this morning. There is a difference between beating a dead horse and whipping him a few more times to get him across the finish line. If we don't get the basic understandings, like in Romans 8, that there's no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus who walk after the Spirit, not after the flesh. If we don't get these things, 
it's not going to give us that bulwark of faith to resist all of the nonsense that the world puts out here. I mean, however old you are, is however many years the world's been yelling all their nonsense in your face. And see, the thing is, is that it has a ring of truth. Work, get paid, so you can eat. Ring of truth. But then we get out there and we go, wow, we're making good money. Pretty soon the work to eat gets work to greed. And pretty soon we get to flow along with all the ideologies of this life. And we forget about the beautiful ideologies of God. And we start looking at things and the things of this world as an answer. And we forget, just like they did, about the wonderful things that God does for us. Let us not forget, let us draw closer that we might always have this imputed righteousness that Christ has already purchased for us. Because you can live daily without the stress of condemnation. I don't know if anybody has that recording of that Irish guy that was down there at Sunset, uh, McGuigan. He did a tape one time about First Peter, First John, whatever it was, about the fact that you can live assured of salvation. You don't have to live in the cowardice of sin, the fear of sin. If you're living under the fear of sin, it's because you're not reading the word and walking down that highway. We all have our problems. No one's exempt. But God has the answer, and no one's exempt. Because the only way to God is through Christ. The only way that you're going to understand imputed righteousness, you're not going to feel it. He's going to assure you from his word. It ain't a feeling. It's not about emotions. It's about the reality of God's word. Our faith is not blind. In Hebrews, when you start talking about faith, it's not a blind faith. It's based upon evidence. Just like we talked about the electricity a few weeks ago. If you don't think you can't see electricity, but we can... Plug a socket in there, give you a couple live wires, and see if you can, you know, maybe touch the two and see if you can see something. You'll know the effects of electricity, but you can't see it. We gotta understand faith is in the heart of man, given to us by God through his word, that gives us the assurance of salvation that we can stand with power against all the threats of this life. <coughs> So that we can stand there on that day, not of a, right, of a righteousness of our own, but one that's paid for me. One that I wanted to be fashioned after. That's where our imputed righteousness comes in at. So, James 2. And let's go down to uh, verse 17. Because we want to see just a few things. Because the faith is crucial. We talked about that in class this morning. Faith is crucial. Because it's by faith that you saved through grace. Not in and of yourselves. It's a gift to God. Now I want to receive that gift. So like any of you that want to eat those gift of potatoes on the way out the door today, grab them. And then miss out, let us know. We'll get some more. But I'm telling you, it's just like that. It's a gift. But you've got to reach out and take it. And you've got to want it. There may be some don't want them potatoes back there. 
There's people who don't want this blood of Christ. They're out there in the world today. They don't take the offer. There's some that will walk by and take that offer, take them home, blow them up, have the benefit. And when we take when we take Christ, we take up of His offer, and we take the nourishment of His Word into our souls, and then we obey from the heart that form of doctrine, like He said this morning. We have a pattern, a pattern that we can go by. It's not a, a, a blind thing. It's not something we're making up. The Bible gives us a pattern to worship God by. You see. And this is why we're talking about imputed righteousness. So that we understand that we have salvation even though we're not perfected. You're not perfected. We're only perfected in Christ. Physically, I still have problems. I still got a heart problem. I still got diabetes. I still got a few thought problems. All right. So do you. God loves us. He gave his son for us. We can still walk with assurance, even with our problems. Even so faith, verse 17, James 2, even so faith that has not works is dead in and of itself. Yea, a man will say, thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works, and I'll show you, and I will show you my, and I, and I by my works will show thee my faith. Thou believest that God is one, you do well. The demons also believe, and they shudder. But wilt thou, O man, O vain man, know that faith apart from works is barren? So, is he saying that works makes anything? No, he says our faith is what everything is, because our faith is what drives us. That's why I asked you, what drives you to do today? Is it your ego? You know, when I'm playing guitar, it's ego that's driving that. Not a spiritual thing, like Carlos Santana says. Oh, well, he does play good, but it's not a spiritual thing. It's a carnal thing. Spiritual things is different. It's based in Christ. It's based in the righteousness that he has purchased for us through his blood. I didn't purchase it, I, but I want to be a partaker of it. And I want to learn to appreciate what he's done because I can't do it. <coughs> if he gave me 24 hours to be perfect for salvation, I don't think I could do it. Because I'm the kind of person that in the first five minutes would have to, you know, no cookies. Don't, don't put your hand in the cookie jar. Okay, Mama. She's gone. <laughs> right? That's what we do. But then after a while, we grow out of that. Because we realize she made cookies for Dad, too. But you eat them all and then get a whooping. Don't ask me how I know. But anyhow, get back to this. But wilt thou, O vain man, that faith apart from works is barren? Was not Abraham our father justified by works that he offered up Isaac his son on the altar? Yes. Thou seest that faith wrought with his works, and that by works was faith made perfect. He didn't have perfect works. He had perfect faith. But his faith led to works, and that together they were made what pleased God. When I go against what I've learned, against my faith, that's not pleasing to God. That's walking away from me. When I trust and obey, trust him. Trust him. Then I have to step back and consider 
The world's not trustworthy, but God is. The world hasn't purchased my salvation, but God did. The world isn't calling me into righteousness, but God is. The world don't love my ugly little self, but God does. Like my mama did. You couldn't tell her anything bad about me. Paul did this downtown. Oh, not my son. <laughs> oh, I know, I spoiled her. I loved it, but it wasn't right. But that's the way she was. And God is that way. Yeah, I know, he's rotten apple, but he's, he's really trying. Because in his heart, I know what his heart is. My mama didn't realize a little demon. She didn't know what my heart was. She just knew that was hers. <laughs> but God isn't like that. He's calling us. He wants us. And it's up to us to have that response back to him. What would, what, how, how do you value your soul? Do you see the imputed righteousness of Christ in your life? Let's finish reading this, and then we'll be done. Thou seest, verse 22, that faith wrought with his works, and by works was faith made perfect. And the scripture was fulfilled with saith, and Abraham believed God and it. Now look, it wasn't his actions. Although he had actions, it was his belief. All right? It was belief. And it was reckoned unto him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. Now wouldn't you like that? Wouldn't you like that to be said? Of your name is the friend of God. Abraham wasn't perfect. He wasn't no more perfect than you and I. But he believed God. And he acted on that belief with full assurance. Full assurance. That's what God wants us to have. Full assurance in him. Verse 24. We're almost done. Just four more verses. And ye see that works... By works, a man is justified, and not only by faith. And in like manner was not also Rahab the harlot justified by works, in that she received the messengers and sent them out another way. And you realize that she did that. If she had got caught, she would have died. You understand that she did that under the threat of death. For as the body apart from the spirit is dead, even so faith apart from works is dead. Because our faith is what drives us. And so if our faith is driving us to Christ, if our faith is in Christ and he's still driving our life, we live in our imputed righteousness. Imputed righteousness. Sin's not being reckoned towards us. Not counting against you. You're not living for sin either. You're living for God. But you ain't going to be perfect. Just like the sinners out there. There's good sinners out there. But they're maybe not in Christ. And if they're not in Christ, they don't have that blood covered. They're still in their sin. That's all for this lesson. I just hope that you can understand that God loves you, that he gave his son for you, and that you can have that imputed righteousness in Christ. And you don't have to live every day in fear because God wants us to live in assurance. You know, he told them people back in, in Joshua's time, he said, be strong and not afraid. I'm with you all. That's how he wants us to see this world, to be strong, strong in faith, not afraid of those things that oppose us, and walk to him in full assurance.
knowing that He's already purchased us through His Son. You understand that? He didn't purchase your righteousness. He didn't purchase your goodness. He didn't purchase all your works. No. He purchased our souls through God Christ's blood. He redeemed us. We've got baptized for the remission of our sins. Not that we didn't have it. If we have it, that's why we had to have remission. And until the day we die, we'll not have a full understanding. We'll have something amiss here and there. And all the time, the blood of Christ covers us. If we're walking, if we're struggling, if we desire to be in Christ. I hope this helped you this morning. If you're outside of Christ, we'd love to help you. Confession of faith and the baptism to rise up, walk in newness of life. And if you're a Christian, I hope this helped you to understand that God does love you. He wants you to come towards you. But you've got to have that other part of it in your your mind. Faith drives us. Let's stand up and sing our closing song. Thank you for listening.